Good afternoon. I'm Paul. And I'm Wyatt. And this is Father Son 49ers Talk. How are you doing, Wyatt? Doing good. How about you? Yeah, doing good. Kind of. After last week was a little rough, wasn't it? No, oh, it was. You could say that, I guess. You could say a little rough. So what did you think watching the game? Tell me what your thoughts and how you felt about it. Well, my and after like after the game, I have one play to describe my thoughts, and that was the first Cardinal play of the game. Big one to Christian Kirk. That explains my thoughts on the game. Yeah, how you feel about it? Yeah, that, yeah, they definitely that explains all. That explains all. Yeah, that was a tough one, wasn't it? They definitely had seen film of Colbert out of place, and he did exactly what they expected him to do. He he bit down. He's supposed to be the the high man, the man on top, not allow anybody to get behind him, and he definitely did not do that on that play, he did, did he? On that play, he did not. Yeah, definitely. Christian Kirk, rookie to rookie, first play of the game, touchdown. Yeah, rookie to rookie, that's for sure. I mean, when you look at the 49ers stat line, you wouldn't have thought the game would have ended the way it, it did, right? Yeah, you wouldn't think it, but I don't know. It was it filled up the stat book, but other than that it didn't do much. Yeah, it did fill up the stat book, kind of. I mean, they say that it's almost kind of a historic loss. It was a historic day in general. When you look at we had ninety two total plays, offensive plays. Ninety two. Ninety two? Ninety two offensive plays. So let me read the stat line for you. Okay. So we had ninety two offensive plays. We had right. thirty first downs compared to 10 or fewer well let me reread that stat that was that was a little messed up so the 49ers dominated in a most in most offensive categories the 49ers had 92 total plays to Arizona's 49 they outgained the Cardinals 447 yards to 220 they converted 10 of 17 third down plays while the Cardinals went 2 of 412 in third down situations. We also had 30 first downs. So when you look at that, you don't think loss. No. No, you wouldn't think loss at all. You think you think easy win at that point. Mm -hmm. When I read that when I read that stat line, that's what comes to mind. Easy win. But it was everything but that. Oh yeah, no, it was everything but that for sure. I mean Josh Rosen definitely didn't have a great day. He didn't look very good at all he wasn't able to convert first downs he wasn't he didn't have very many completions but we still lost the game I and mean, we found a way to lose the game yeah that's that's the way to explain it yeah and we did it through five turnovers you have five turnovers you're pretty much bound to lose that game right yeah 100 percent. so what did you think about the 49ers performance during that tell me you know what did you think about the offense defense um, well, I don't know. I have a little bit of, I don't really know. It's just a weird game and all. I don't know. I'm, my opinion varies. I don't know what my opinion is, to tell you the truth. I think that that's kind of how 49ers feel, 49ers fans feel in general. We had really high hopes coming into the year that we we kind of felt that even if we weren't a a offensive juggernaut of a team. And if we 
didn't make the playoffs that we were going to be competitive. That's really what we were looking yeah. for was to be and competitive. We at least going to be able to beat bad teams. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We wanted to be able to beat bad teams and go out and – well, I mean, that's how we ended the podcast last week, right? We said, you know, we, we want to beat bad teams. I mean, that's kind of where the 49ers were at. Are we able to beat bad teams? And we showed that, you know, we, we weren't able to do that. That not week. only can we not only that week like if if the whole season played out like that week not only could we not beat bad teams but we were like with injury and stuff we are bad teams we are yeah. part of the bad teams yeah we are we were yeah i mean that's that's kind of the I, overall I, I don't like to say it but yeah that is the overall feeling i mean so when you actually look at it, the defense played pretty good. The defense had a better game this week. I'd agree. I would agree. The offense did a pretty good job in getting yards, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yards, conversions, they they were – man, Matt Breida at the beginning of the game, he was running. and uh, Yeah, it was. And then – you know, he just got hurt. I don't know what it is. I feel like the Niners have like we need to have some sort of injury, you know, injury protection spell for next year placed to, on the we team. Need, we need to be able to play Madden and just turn injuries off. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Turn turn the injury turn injuries off on Madden button. So is that the name of the button? Injuries off? It's turn injuries off. Turn injuries off. Yeah, I'm mad, and I like that. It's what it's what we need. Where's the injuries off button? In your settings. Yeah, no, no, yeah, in real life. So I, I yeah, went yeah. in the settings and for the 49ers, and I wasn't able to find it. I I can't find it either. I don't know what's wrong. Right. Uh, I was looking. You know, when you start talking about injuries for the Niners, it, it really has been just just soul crushing. I mean, we lost Jerick McKinnon. Which I mean, we're gonna start talking about some some good, maybe bright opportunities or the bright side. I, there really isn't a bright side, but we're trying to look for the good in the situation. I'm and there, starting, there, go well, ahead. I'm gonna say something right now before we even get into this topic. I'm starting to question what McKinnon ends up getting. Jarek McKinnon, you mean as far as his uh, like touches and stuff? Yeah. So that is a a good question. And that's one of the things that I guess we can talk about it right now. With Jarek McKinnon, Jarek McKinnon was supposed to be the guy. And yeah, he was. Yeah, and he, and he might be the guy. And with the Niners, can you imagine Jarek McKinnon and Matt Breida on the field at the same time? On yeah, the team at the same that, time? You got that one guy that just runs for crazy yards, and you got Jarek McKinnon that catches passes, and he's really elusive, and... Just that difference, and they're like two different running backs, but same at the same time, and they both got their own separate things. It, I don't know. It'd just be phenomenal to have them on the field at the same time. Well, McKinnon hits the holes hard, or not McKinnon? Sorry, Brita. Brita hits the holes hard, and he's been catching the ball. So he didn't. He wasn't very good last year catching the ball, but this year he's done a pretty good job with it. So that's been pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I mean. I guess Brita was a wide receiver in high school, so he has that experience, but he wasn't doing a very good job of it last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's he's he's phenomenal. I mean, if he keeps doing what he does and he's able to carry this year to year, he's going to be phenomenal. 
I know, right? I really think so. And I think that you you pair him with McKinnon and you have those dual threat backs back there, both of them with their own skill sets, both explosive. That could really look good. It really could. Yeah, it really would look amazing. Okay, so look at this right here. I, I was reading this this tweet right here, and it said at one point last game versus the Cardinals, the Niners were missing their top quarterback, their top two running backs, and their top three wide receivers. He goes on to say, seriously, what were you expecting to see? Yeah, that's a very good point. A very, very good point. I mean, you, you look at it, and you compare our starting squad. The starting squad, the people that we had on the field, excluding the offensive line for our offense, was our third stringers that we had on the field in the second half of preseason games going up against the starters for the yeah, other team. It's like, it's like taking out your preseason squad and saying, here you go, play all these starters. Yeah, that's exactly that's, what that's happened. what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's – so, I mean, you got to take it with a grain of salt a little bit. But there's been a lot I've, – I've started to see – you know, fire Shanahan, fire John Lynch, do all that kind of stuff. What do you think? What is your view on that, Wyatt? Well, I've seen the same thing, and it's it's hard to say, oh, go fire him. Go fire Shanahan, fire him all, when their starters are hurt. I mean, what do you do when you're a coach in that situation? Running back's gone. Your wide receiver, Marquis Goodwin, what I think should be the number one wide receiver, on and off the field. No one knows what's going on. You're starting running back, starting quarterback. I mean, Joe Staley's coming on and off sometimes. It's like, what's, I mean, what do you do from a coach's standpoint? Yeah, I mean. I don't, I don't think that's 100% the coach. When you have all this injury, it's hard to coach a team when, and like take a team to where everyone expects when you don't have starters. I mean, you could even go and say that a coach that's able to get their team to have 30 first downs and pass for 400 and what was it, 447 yards in a game against a starting squad in his preseason. I mean, you know, with his backups, that's pretty good, right? Yeah, it's in my opinion, it is. I think that something's pretty clear, though, which is that. It's still a little bit early to say for sure, but I really think that maybe maybe we should look for another backup quarterback. Not this year. Maybe not this year. I mean, this year is kind of – it is what it is. But next year, do we draft a young quarterback to build up behind Garoppolo or do we try and find a veteran to put behind Garoppolo? Yeah, it's, that's a very good question. It really, in my opinion on that question, it all comes down to what the coaches see. If – if it comes down to like second round, third round, maybe something somewhere in there, and they, there isn't a whole lot what they want on the board at that situation, but there is a good young quarterback to put behind Garoppolo, maybe that's the answer. But then at the same time, I mean, it all depends on what they think in the draft class. If if there's a lot of guys in every situation that they want, and they skilled players or even offensive linemen, I mean, anything that helps a team more than a quarterback, then take the young players that. I mean, not plug-and-play necessarily, but, like, good players to develop, that still have development, and then go get a veteran and just wait until you're, you don't really like what you see and then get someone that – a young guy. Yeah, I think that 
I don't. I want to like. I want CJ Beathard to do good. I so, want him to be on this team. But I also don't want to see five turnovers in a game when Garoppolo's not in. Yeah, I agree. So we have a few more games, and we're definitely going to be able to see by the end of this year, we're going to know. We're going to know if it's time to move on from Beathard or not. Keep him in. Do we have a guy that we can build value in? Or do we... Sorry about that. Or do we have to go out and get a new backup? So, I agree. Hopefully not. So one of the other things, I think that this is... when well, Actually... Go ahead. Time out. So... Another thing is your backup quarterback usually has someone to like progress behind, right? Well, I'm not for sure if, if that's the case right now because Jimmy Garoppolo, he's a young quarterback. He's young. He's going to be a starter, but he's, he's a younger guy. He's not like an experienced veteran that your backup's learning from. I mean, he's, Garoppolo's learned behind one, but that doesn't mean he is one quite yet. Well, they have quarterback coaches. They have Shanahan. And you know when he's when you talk about learning behind, I get what you're saying as far as hiring a veteran and that kind of stuff to kind of come in and do all that. But a lot of quarterback coaches were veteran quarterbacks to just come in and coach. Now the issue is when you talk about learning behind, that typically implies not on the field. Yeah. So he, you know, Beathard hasn't really had an opportunity to develop not on the field. He's he's been on the field. He, was, he started pretty much last year. I mean, you had Brian Hoyer, but then, well, he's not good, of course, right? We knew that. Yeah. And then, well, there was some Hoyer truthers, but, you know, I think that I heard I heard somebody, I read somewhere where somebody's like, bring Brian Hoyer back. And I was like, no, what are you, what Do is happening? Do not bring Brian Hoyer back. Yeah. Not that a was, good option. That was a horrible idea. Like, it's just, has, the, has the 49ers fandom have we come to that that we want hoyer oh man i mean i, I think that. if the 49ers go bring back brian hoyer at that point i'm pretty sure they're just looking for the first pick in the draft oh yeah and you know i, I felt a little bit bad too because i don't want to have an overreaction right i'm trying not to have an overreaction to the cardinals loss because we lost to the worst team in the nfl but it doesn't mean that we are the worst team I agree. It's just, it's hard to take good. Like, it's hard to take a lot of good out of a game when you lose to the worst team in the NFL. Oh, it was really funny. So my girlfriend, her her son, Thomas, he's seven, right? Mm-hmm. And you know Thomas, but for the audience. Yeah, and he's seven. I, I came over to the house after the Niners loss. And he, he's a Bears fan. And he runs up and he's like, Paul, Paul. The 49ers lost to the Cardinals, the worst team in the NFL. And he looks at me and he goes, oh, I guess the 49ers are the worst team in the NFL. And then he looks at me again and he goes, are you embarrassed? Are you embarrassed to be a 49ers fan and lose to the Cardinals? I'm like, no, I'm not embarrassed to be a 49ers fan. But Oh, so this, this has nothing to do with the 49ers or that comment, really. It just has to do with the Bears. If you look at the Raiders' defense, Khalil Mack has more tackles and sacks 
or not more tackles, more sacks than the entire Raiders defense. I just don't know what to think about that. I mean, I do. I know what to think about it. I think it was a mistake. I think they should have signed him, kept him on the team. I just don't know what to think of Gruden. I don't know. Mac attack in the blue and orange. That doesn't sound right. You know, this is relevant to the 49ers. You start talking about our defense and should we have, should we have gone out and got him? Yes. I think that maybe we should have, And you know, it's two first rounds, but it really isn't. He would have helped. He would have helped a lot with the edge rush, but then I guess I don't, he would have been better for this year. 100%. 100%. But would those two first rounds be more valuable with the edge rush group coming up? Well, here's the thing. An edge rush helps more with more, more than just the pass rush itself because what it does is it helps your secondary. It helps your secondary because the quarterback doesn't have the time to sit back and throw the ball and just pick mm-hmm. you apart. And but very like, clearly our secondary is not able to hold up to heavy scrutiny. We need somebody to get back there and get pressures. I think... I think, I mean, I don't want to say we're going to go get a number one or two pick, but I mean, in one sense, it wouldn't be nice because that means the season was just terrible, like worse than it probably already is going to be. It's not going to be a good season, just the way it is. But would it be nice to get Bosa? Isn't that his name? Pretty sure it's his name. Yeah. And if we have to trade up to the number one from what, like number three? I think it's worth it. Is it worth it? Yeah, I think yes. it is worth it. It one hundred percent is worth it. The guy's gonna be a beast. Yeah, absolutely. We need to go do that. Now, I'm trying to pull up the the exact numbers for the Khalil Mack trade. I was looking for it, but because they they sent they sent a first round this year, though coming year, and then there was another first round after that. But they got a third round or a second round pick. With that, so the Bears gave up two first, first round. rounders for here, Khalil here Mack and a second rounder. Here it is: the Bears gave up first round pick in 2019 and 2020, 20, so 2020, a third round pick in 2020, and a sixth round pick in 2019 to acquire Mack earlier. Etc. In return, the Bears will also receive a second round pick in 2020. So while you, it is a first-round pick in 2020, you, you get a second round back. So that's not horrible, right? And no, a conditional, I, I kind of like that trade, to be honest. And a conditional fifth-round pick in 2020. So, I mean, really, what you're looking at is you're giving up a first-round pick this year and for 1919, not this year, but the coming year for this coming draft. You're giving up a which Mac is going to be that first round pick. Oh, I mean, yeah. he is essentially the first round pick. He is the player that you're getting. So then the next year, you're really just trading a first for a second. Plus, you're getting a superstar. Yeah, plus you're getting the superstar. But I mean, as far as the value of the next year, you're trading a first for a second. Yeah. For I, a a elite top tier talent. And then there's some trades yeah. in there with some other later round picks. But, I mean, those are the two big picks right there. I don't know. I think that maybe we should have been more aggressive. I think we should have, 100%. Yeah. I don't think there's a question there. We should have been more aggressive. The other thing, I mean, that's 
that the other thing that we really need to look at um, is obviously for our defense. Our defense did play better, but our cornerbacks and safeties, are we really, really prepared? I mean, there was some outrageous stat that Richard Sherman's only been targeted eight times this year and has only given up one catch. It's I was looking at the same stat. It is no, uh, it's not quite that. What he is averaging is one completion every two games. That's crazy. That's that's crazy. It actually that might end up being one catch. Actually, you might I'm pretty be right there. Su- I'm pretty sure he only had one catch. That he's only allowed one. So Richard Sherman's playing like Richard Sherman, but how long can he sustain? Well, the problem is, is the Witherspoon, and we even talked about this. Remember, we talked about it at the beginning of the season or before the season started. Was that if Richard Sherman came out and he played well, that you would have we would really see what Witherspoon could do because he was going gonna, to. If if Sherman's coming out and being a shut down corner, then they're not just going to sit there and keep throwing to him. They're not going to keep throwing at him. They're going to test out the young guy. Yep, and if it's, the young guy can't hold up, they're just going to keep throwing his way, which is what's happened. Yeah, and it's what they keep doing. Mm-hmm. So I've also, I've looked at a few different things, and if we get the third pick, there's. I know we're getting like into draft, which I don't mind. I love draft. That's like yeah. my mm-hmm. favorite time. Yeah, I agree. It's not my favorite, but I love. Honestly, draft. though, I'm. I really enjoy the draft. I think as far as like actual events, other than if the 49ers are in the Super Bowl, my favorite event of the year is the draft. I'm with you. I'm with you, and all the time leading up to it, looking at it, trying to guess, like put things together. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the draft class. And there's this other corner. There's this corner coming in. He's if let's say we get like the third or fourth pick, do we not trade up for the edge rusher? Try to find something in free agency that would work, and go with the top corner in the class, which is projected to go around five. No, uh, I get. Uh, I say that they. I say you bring in a veteran corner, and draft the edge rusher. I. I have trouble saying that. Going to get a veteran corner. Okay, we already we have Sherman that he's not the long-term answer. We got Witherspoon. He's not holding up. When we already got one veteran on the team, go get two veterans and just keep holding off corner until we're just nothing there. You don't hold off on corner. I mean, you just definitely draft corners, but you can get them second, third, fourth round, wherever it may be. But edge rushers are expensive to get, and there aren't a lot of really great edge rushers. So I, w- what we need to do is we need to look and see who are the available free agents. And mm-hmm. the issue is, is like you, you don't get it very often where a guy like Khalil Mack comes out and is yeah. a free agent. He, guys like him don't become free agents. They just, it doesn't happen very often. And so when you get the opportunity, you sign them. But... With corner, there's some really good corners out there. Go out, sign a couple. It doesn't have to be elite. They just have to be competent, right? Competent. And then yeah. you get that edge rusher if we get Bosa. And hopefully he turns into that guy. There's another thing is I'm this I was about to say before, now we're talking about edge rushers and defensive line. We can kind of get into this a little bit. I think the one thing that really kind of just disheartens me and leads me to kind of leads to the most doubt I have in this 49ers regime and staff is the misuse of Solomon Thomas. I agree. 
I just, they keep putting him on the outside. He's not an outside edge rush player. I get that that's what you want him to be, and that's, that's where you envisioned him when you drafted him. It is not working. And it just, I cannot get over the fact that they keep putting him there. It just, it really frustrates me. Put him back in the middle now. Put him in the middle, let him play. He was your third round pick last year. He was your third round pick last year. Put him in a position to succeed right now while the season, the season's lost. Put him in there, you know, and then it just frustrates me. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you there. Put him where he's, Put him where he's going to succeed. I mean, where not just where he can, where he he can succeed. Put him where he has succeeded before. That's that is where he was successful in college. Let him be that player again. And the the reps that he's had in the middle in the center, he's he's done good. He just hasn't done well in the edge. Yeah, Solomon Thomas isn't an edge rusher. Stop trying to make him what he's not. Yeah, I mean he can pressure from the from the center. Put him. Oh, anyways, yeah. So it is frustrating, you know. Right now they have Eric Armstead sitting in there, in the middle, and they really just need to to move Solomon Thomas back out there and put Solomon Thomas next to Forrest Buckner, and then watch them flourish from the middle because I think both of those guys in the middle together are just. I think that they really, really could be good. And Eric Armstead, you know, let, let's be real about it. Next year, he's not going to be on the team. Yeah. So, put a player, let a player prove himself where he has succeeded and let him prove himself as NFL quality where he has succeeded before. I mean, yeah, I agree. The other thing we need to do, well, I'm not sure. Let's see what you think. What do you think about wide receiver next year? Oh, we 100% need to address it. We need to draft there? Draft there, sign there. I don't care how they do it. It's not a real strong wide receiver class. I mean, from what I've seen, I mean, it's not a real strong one. Maybe if there's a guy like Dante Pettis somewhere, something in that range later. But don't make it like a early draft. Go get somebody. We need... We need a guy that's not Pierre Garcon as a true number one. Yeah, Garcon, he is not looking good. No. No, he is not. He keeps on dropping balls and we all I, we all knew he wasn't the long term or the, the the long term guy, but we expected more than this. He's not the now guy. I mean that's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. The guy can block. I mean he's he's a good I think he's a good complimentary piece like having him on the roster i think is beneficial but having him as the number one or number two is i don't think that he's that anymore neither do i he used to be but not anymore yeah i agree i mean overall with this this loss to the cardinals i mean we're gonna start getting into it's kind of crazy we just got done week five we're already talking about the draft yeah really I know, but in one sense, it's just like, do I really want to go address next week? It's like, do I want to get into that? Well, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit tough. But with the Niners, like what we were talking about, he just, it's just one of those things that we can't, 
we got to look forward to the future. And I, I think the Shanahan and them have made some good moves. I mean, the offensive line is playing phenomenally. So we have, like we talked about a couple bright spots. One, our running backs, I think next year are going to be good. I think we're really going to do a great job. Two is that our offensive line is coming together. It's looking good. I mean, McGlinchey. It's, it's, it's not what I expected, but it, it is doing very well. McGlinchey was one of the top-ranked PFF run blockers in the NFL right now. I mean, he's he's doing phenomenally as a, as a tackle, and he looks like that kind of franchise tackle that you're going to keep for, I don't know, I mean, what, eight, ten years. He's playing very well. And then you have Weston Richburg, which is he's doing really good. Mike Persons has really solidified himself in that guard spot. I mean, all across the, the line, I mean, you have Joe Staley, you know, does he have another year? I certainly hope he has another year next year with us where he plays well because I don't think that we need to address a tackle spot next year. I think we have too many other places that we need to address, and we really could use Staley staying one more year for us to address other positions like wide receiver. You know, wide receiver. Corner. Uh, and then defense. I mean, we we need to on offense. Honestly, I think on offense, the only piece we really need to address right now is wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think once we get Jimmy G back, our offense is fine. It's not looking great right now, but you also have CJ Beathard leading the team. And we're still getting 470, 447 yards or whatever it was yeah. on put on offense. Starting, put a starting caliber that is going to be good. I think that's going to be a really good quarterback in the NFL. Put a good quarterback behind that. I think our offense is going to be amazing. Yeah, I mean, you look at so let's go through the offense real quick. So on the offense right now, just with our starting squad that we had at the beginning of the year. So let's think about this. Quarterback, we have Jimmy Garoppolo, and I've seen one or two people that don't believe in him, but whatever. That's not what we're talking about. So Jimmy Garoppolo is the franchise quarterback. We're moving forward with him. I believe in him. I think I know you believe in him, and I think he's going to be 100%. a great quarterback. Yeah. So then we look at our line, and you have starting at center, Weston Richburg, which he's been playing really well. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I really feel good about that. Mike Person at right guard, and he really has been playing well. I mean, I know last year he started to play okay, and then this year he's come through and he's doing a good job. Then you have Mike McGlinchey. I really like him in that position. He looks really good at right guard, and maybe – he can move over to left guard. He tackle. played left guard in – or, yeah, right. sorry, tackle. You're right. Le- um, so right tackle. And he played left tackle in college too. So I think that maybe he can move over and do that. You know, left guard is Lakin Tomlinson, Tomlinson, and he's been playing well too. He has. And then you have Joe Staley at left guard – or left tackle. I keep on saying guard. I don't know why. At left tackle. And he looks good. I mean, our offensive line, I like it. So then our offensive weapons, you have – Jarek McKinnon, which in truth, we really don't know what he looks like, but pair him with Matt Breida. And I, yeah. I really don't – I don't know what to think of Jarek McKinnon just for the fact we have Jarek McKinnon coming in. He's going to start playing with a torn ACL – not playing with a torn ACL, but playing – coming back after a torn ACL. I think it's going to take him a little bit of time, but I think he is end up going to be good, but it's going to take him a little bit of time next year. Well, I – yeah, I mean – We'll see. Pair him with Matt Breed, and I think it's going to be amazing. I really do. I think he's going to be good. 
The biggest question is, can he stay healthy, right? And that's the question for both him and Brita. Then you have George Kittle. Mm -hmm. Love George Kittle. I really do. I think that George Kittle is going to be, a. I mean, he is a beast. The guy is an animal. That touchdown pass that he had, 90% of every other tight end in the NFL doesn't get a touchdown after that. It's a 40-yard pass and run for good yardage, but they don't get a touchdown. And Kittle is just going to be... I think that he is going to be top five and above at, in position. Yeah. At the tight end spot, he is an athletic freak. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah, I agree. And then fullback, which, I mean, not a lot of teams have a fullback, but use check some <laughs> juice, right? We got, we got a fullback that is a beast. That he can catch the ball. the ball, man. Yeah. I mean, when do you hear that? The fullback, what? Why is he catching passes? Yeah, I mean, so when you look at that, it's man, the offense looks good up to that point, right? I mean, we really I don't was, need to do. I was reading an article, and it was like, it was talking about how uh, Kyle Shanahan he he gets his weapons involved, and he realizes he knows how to get his weapons involved, and he realizes that Kyle Uzcheck is one of his offensive weapons, and he gets him involved. Like, yeah, that's what lot. they called him when they when they paid for him and brought him into the team. They called him an offensive weapon. They didn't call him a fullback. They called him an offensive weapon. Bringing in another offensive weapon. Yeah, well, I mean, literally, that's what he yeah. told the press. He was like, well, he's not a fullback. We see him as an offensive weapon. Ustrek's really good. He's the OW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you go to our wide receivers, and this is where it gets shady, right? Mm-hmm. Which is Pierre Garçon, and he just is not playing well. Yeah. And well, I mean, catching the ball well. He's run blocking and doing that kind of stuff. Then you have Goodwin. And I still think Goodwin should stay on the team. I like Goodwin. I think he should be there. I, I think he's so a really good wide receiver. He's been injured. He hasn't been able to play to his full potential yet. But I don't know that he's a number one. I think that he's – I think he could be – he's definitely number two, maybe a 1B, but he needs somebody else. Yeah, 100%. Dante Pettis, and I think Dante Pettis could develop into a really good wide receiver, but you know, he's not there yet. I mean, he's a rookie, and he might take some more time, right? Mm-hmm. Amazing special teamer. Yeah, but then I mean, you start getting into Kendrick Bourne, Victor Bolden for wide receiver, and these are all promising guys, but they really haven't done much, right? And it's scary. It's scary when you when you look at the wide receiver core. We really do need to to put some more talent in there. And I think that we over-evaluated and over-valued. Sorry. Yeah. I, I think, think we, we over... Go ahead. There you go. Go. Well, that's funny. But anyway, I thought we had more of that position than we actually do. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I think that the 49ers as a whole including the coaching staff and the, the leadership, over-evaluated the talent they had at that position. Yeah. yeah. They did the same thing I, at, in the backfield, too, the cornerback and not the backfield and offense, but uh, the DBs yeah, and safeties. Mm-hmm. We overvalued. Yeah, so, I mean, we definitely have to address that position in I offense. We have. I have a different opinion on one player than you. I Go. think one... You said probably promising or something like that. I think one guy that's going, well, I say going to be good a lot. He's 
if he does what I think he should do, is going to be good. And that is Dante Pettis. I 100% am down on Dante Pettis. Yeah, I, 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 be- I really think he's going to be good, too. I really like Pettis. I don't know why. There's something about him. Something about the way he runs his routes. I mean, if there becomes a connection between him and a quarterback, it's going to be good. I agree. I really do like him, but he's 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 injured too, you know, and that's where he he could have stepped in right now when Goodwin was down and really kind of maybe shined as a rookie wide receiver, but then he got hurt, and mm-hmm. it just seems like it's never ending. Oh, one player we didn't talk about, which I've been meant to say for a long time, Cole Wick. So we talked about the tight end position before when we were talking about um, breaking down to the fifty-three man roster, and Cole Wick mm-hmm. is the tight end. I mm-hmm. we have Kittle, Selleck, and Wick. And Wick played for my college that I go to. So he played for University of Incarnate Word out of San Antonio, Texas, which, is, of course, is where I'm doing my master's degree out of. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, right? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I, he, he came in and he caught a ball. I'm not sure if it was this game or the game before. And I was like, oh, that guy. I don't know him. but Do you want to know something funny? School. There's a guy from Fremont, Iowa, the holds record in the NFL. What? Yeah, he's a quarterback. You'll never guess the record. Uh, the shortest time nope. in a game. Nope. He never he never saw the field. Uh, okay, so he holds a record in the NFL, and he never sat on the field. Longest time in the NFL without starting on the field. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me think about it. Let's see. Can you give me a hint? He ate too many brownies. He what? He ate too many brownies. In the NFL. They keep track of those? Is that like a stat? He's the fattest quarterback to ever play or to ever get drafted. He's the fattest quarterback that he played. He was from Fremont? Fremont, Iowa? Yeah. Oh, what was his name? His name is Tyler something. And then he held a record. What's his last name? I'll have to get back to you on that one. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, not the record, but it's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Only if you could have held like a record that mattered. Hmm. Okay, yeah, well... Well, I'm sure we have a lot more we could talk about. We didn't really talk about Shanahan and Lynch, and we did a little bit, but as as a whole, we'll, we'll talk about it more, I'm sure, as we go through and try to avoid other games. Uh, but <laughs> no, we're not trying to avoid games. Oh, we do need to talk about Green Bay real quick. What do you think is going to happen in Green Bay? Mm, okay, I don't want to say this, but I don't think we win the game. Oh, yeah, I'm, I think that probably not going to win the game. Yeah, but I think we – I think if we can shut down the run game and get our playmakers involved, we will fight. I don't think we'll end up with a victory, but I think we could we could show a fight. If we shut down the run game with that like that triple running stuff they got going on, I don't know. Their, their backfield's so weird. We got Aaron Jones playing good. Their backfield's crazy, but well. – Five games in a season, they're only one and a half games better than us right now. Yeah, they're, but yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Their backfield's like, whoa. Right. Yeah, it's like it's like our backfield, but not 
because our backfield, we've kind of established our number one. They're like, well, we'll go back to junior high and we'll switch every running back. We'll switch a running back every play. Yeah, it's it's tough to say. I think that maybe we come out and play harder. Than, I mean, you look, the Niners really right now under Bethard are a tale of two quarterbacks or two teams. You have the Chargers team where we come out and we're competitive and we play well. And then we have the Cardinals team. So which team are we going to get? Which one is going to come out and play against Green Bay? I think the team has a chance. I mean, they have a puncher's chance to beat Green Bay if they came out and played really well and Green Bay played bad because Green Bay, Green Bay has not played well this year. Yeah, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play like you would think Aaron Rodgers would, I think we stand a chance. Yeah, and so it's not – I wouldn't put money on it, but I'm not going to say that not. it's not there. I think that you know the overwhelming probability is that – sorry. The overwhelming probability is that we lose that game um, and it's not even close. Yeah, I heard one. It was like nine to thirty-five was someone's guess. I don't think it'll be that, but neither do I. I mean, but I was like, it might have been ten to thirty-five. I I could see right. something like twenty-one thirty-five, maybe even like fifteen, you know, seventeen, something like that to thirty-five, like mid to, mid to high teens to thirty-five. I don't think they're yeah. going to keep us to nine, though. I think that we'll score more points than that. Yeah, I do too. But, yeah. Bethard. Do you think Bethard's going to come out and play a better game? I don't know. That's like, flip a coin, how does Bethard play? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. So, we're expecting to lose that game. It's a Monday night game. We weren't able to get flexed out of that one. So Yeah. But uh, we'll see what happens. Anyways, we'll we'll talk more about the coaching staff and, and John Lynch and that kind of stuff and, and games to come or podcasts to come. And hopefully, hopefully this week we all get surprised. Yeah, hopefully there's a big surprise when we come out and take a dub. I agree. Okay, bud, I love you. Love you, Dad. Love you, Wyatt.